Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 94. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 112, Citizen Spotlight. And we are definitely going to kind of spoil things, I suppose, but... Eh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. What we wanted to talk about first was today was the Great American Eclipse Day. So we figured on a podcast about Night Vale, we ought to talk about the eclipse. Yeah, neither of us were in uh, the path of totality. And I have to say, I love that phrase. I don't know if I've ever heard that phrase before we started talking about this eclipse. So that was, uh, yeah, it's the whole experience, because in North Carolina, we got maybe 75%, I think. So enough to see a bit of a difference. And I, of course, didn't ever bother to invest in any of the special glasses. But I did make a pinhole camera out of a cereal box the night before the eclipse. Oh, you're doing better than me. Me and my coworkers, we made pinhole cameras the morning of. (laughs) We came in with our cereal boxes and tinfoil. But what I thought was hilarious is I was just about ready to post a little picture of my cereal box camera once it was done. And you posted a picture of yours. And I'm like, for crying out loud, we bought the same damn box of cereal. The exact same box. Honey Nut Cheerios. Because that's the best cereal, of course. Absolutely. What I thought was hilarious is that we obviously followed the same type of instructions. And be darned, we put the tinfoil on the same side of the box. <laughs> Seriously. When I looked at the instructions, it had you like... I just wanted the pretty side of the box to be facing up. So that was my reason. (laughs) I couldn't tell you why I picked which side that I did. So I I covered it with a whole lot of uh, duct tape because I was sure that you needed to limit the amount of light other than what was coming in through the pinhole. And then you made the comment on Facebook that you were able to get your camera to focus inside the box to take a picture if you let more light in. I'm like, be darn. And that was exactly the problem that I w- was running into. I was like, why won't this thing focus? Yeah, yeah, because it, it looks perfectly clear, but you see it in your camera and it's this white blob. But apparently the limiting of light is not a thing. There were people outside who just had like a piece of cardboard that they'd use their pen to punch a hole in and that was showing the eclipse. And then my coworker pointed out, one of the benches in the park that we were at has those holes in the top, you know, to keep water from pooling on the top of the table. And the holes were focusing the light onto the ground. And so you had like a scattering of little eclipses all over the ground. It was it was amazing. It was like science. I love that because I had heard ages ago that if there was an eclipse going on, a partial eclipse at least, uh, that you would see little crescents in the dappled sunlight underneath trees. And I saw several people posting pictures and I went outside and I saw that and it was just so awesome. But then I saw yours and that just really brings it home. What a weird effect that is. I mean, I get the whole idea about if there's, you know, light coming down and there's a small hole somewhere that the light can go through, it acts as a pinhole projector. So, but that doesn't explain why when it's just a regular day, why isn't the dappled sunlight under the trees a whole bunch of little spheres? Is it acts as a pinhole to show you the sun? So, but I don't know. One of my favorite things that I saw posted uh, everywhere was people taking colanders outside. Yes, the little crescent shapes through that. So also, do you know what someone said though? Someone said, "Yes, this is perfectly fine to use a colander to do this, but whatever you do, don't stare through the colander at the sun because you'll strain your eyes." 
Oh, that's, that's very so good. awesome. If you go to Dad Jokes on Twitter, they had a whole bunch of Eclipse jokes. He always posts the lamest jokes, but he at one point apparently he had people sending him way too many. He finally said, no, no more Eclipse jokes. And someone said, well, what do you do if I send you more? Are you going to block me? <laughs> <laughs> love that stupid jokes oh just my awesome. goodness but yeah it was the experience was i don't know why i've never paid attention to partial eclipses before but even when we weren't in the path of totality the light is getting just partially blocked and the whole quality of the light outside changed more than i expected it would because it wasn't like the sun you know is behind the clouds a little bit i mean when the light is being blocked that close to the source well relatively closer than you know clouds are blocking it it almost made it seem like there's a dark mist settling on everything oh cool i really like that yeah we didn't see that in san diego we were about 58 or 59 percent obscured i guess so we saw it getting darker and it looked a little weird but not dramatically weird what i loved is that you know i worked downtown and so we all went outside to this little park and they were heading back inside and all of downtown as my coworker put it had turned into a bunch of street corner observatories there were just people <laughs> on the corners with their glasses and their little pinhole cameras and their pieces of paper and I just I loved how we were all and all of us in the park were like sharing our boxes like people had come out and I was like oh did you want to and then looking at that and somebody else actually brought the glasses which was cool because you could really see like the disc in front of the sun it was it was a neat experience I really liked that Fantastic. To uh, bring us, segue us back into Nightvale, on the Nightvale Citizens page, uh, one of the members, now I'm not even sure if I'm going to attempt to pronounce their name. It almost looks like Jiangyul Anna Mezzi. I am so sorry if I'm mispronouncing wow. that. It's a pretty interesting looking name. But they posted this comment Watching the eclipse got me thinking, what if the crest of Nightvale is not the moon, but the sun stuck forever in partial eclipse? And that's why the town is called Night Vale. Oh, Ooh. that's really I interesting. Like that, I yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I approve of all of those things. That's neat. But we didn't see any doubles come out. Didn't no. the doubles episode? No, that was, you know. Actually, no, the doubles did come out. They're out right now. Ah! <laughs> Don't kill your double. No, 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 no. But um, yeah, so Night Vale, the episode tonight, Citizen Spotlight, was... Well, it's kind of hard to describe. It really is. And it's interesting that it was co-written by Brie Williams, which if you don't remember her, she actually co-wrote the episode Guidelines for Disposal. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that is a good one. So it's, imagine that. I really like these episodes, the little collections of weirdness, like one giant story, but a whole bunch of other little vignettes inside of it. And this is another episode I think it'd be great for people who aren't familiar with Night Vale, who just want a nice little piece of weird without having to have a lot of backstory, because there really isn't anything you need to know about Night Vale to enjoy the weirdness of this episode. Right, yeah. This is just Cecil wanting to start a new segment on the uh, Night Vale program. What he's going to do, it's called Citizen Spotlight, which means they pick a random citizen, and in this case, he closed his eyes and picked someone out of the phone book to just spotlight, to talk about, to you know, get to know a little bit about them. So he picked now... Um, Sigrid, did you catch her last uh -huh. name? Borg. Sigrid Borg. And it was just, you know, all these little separate pieces of the segment were talking about her and her life 
and stories about her going to school and getting embarrassed about trying to sing a jingle at one point, I guess, as a performance. Mm -hmm. I think it was a jingle for Flakios that she really liked, but she got scolded by the teacher and laughed at by the students because they thought she was trying to be funny, but she really, really liked that jingle. Yeah, I liked the description. She said that she would go out and play it at the picnic table late at night when her parents were asleep. And I just like that image of somebody sort of sitting outside on a picnic table and playing their favorite song. Uh, And it was, you know, there's more information about, you know, her and her family and how she's, she's kind of been pulling away from her parents because I think her mother's health is in decline and her father probably drinks a little bit too much and you know she's not sure how to handle it actually i think that was her grandparents oh her grandparents i'm sorry yes and she's not sure how to to deal with any of that and part of it just reminds her of how inevitably her own childhood is lost so it's you know a lot of really uncomfortable stuff and then there's a whole interesting segment about the teenagers that she used to play with near the train tracks when she was in Mm -hmm. high school they, they moved, like she started to grow an extra pinky, and they figured it might actually be because they were living on top of what used to be, I think, a pesticide disposal area. So they moved to an area that was next to the train tracks, and it was noisy, and the house was a fixer-upper, but they never really got to fix it up. So her parents started spending less and less time there, and so... She heard a strange noise in the middle of the night, I think, and it creeped her out. And so she started spending less time, and she found these kids who hung out by the train tracks that she was sort of became friends with. Yep, and they'd play their radio, and they'd all dare each other to stare at the ghost trains, which, of course, you can't do because you'll die. And then one night, she sort of sees her own house and sort of sees something. It's The house is empty because nobody's in there right now, and she sees something moving inside. But then when she looks back to her friends, they've all disappeared. And she never saw them again. Ah. <laughs> it was just, it was nice. Like, but that's the thing that I don't think we've explained. And go ahead and stop me if you've already no, explained we, it. We haven't explained it, no. Okay, good. Because <laughs> every once in a while I'll do that. I'll be like looking at my notes and Catherine will explain something. And then I'll say something and Catherine's like, yeah, I just said that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. I have to be careful about that in meetings, too. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. This is what happens when I'm like, I can totally do two things at once. I can't do two things. No, I really can't. No. But this whole thing, all of these stories, Sigrid Borg is actually in Night Vale on a witness protection program, and computer algorithms have made her a fake history. So none of what we've heard is real. Yeah. And this wasn't something that was some big reveal at the end of the episode. This was said right from the beginning that it's very dangerous if anyone outside of Night Vale finds out that she's hiding here in witness protection, you know, because they might come after her. So we have to believe that all of this is true. But none of it is true. Which just made it so because you really do find yourself like connecting with this character who is, you know, even if all this is supposed to be true, still a fictional character, but you are connecting with them. But then it's like, it's a fictional character within a fictional narrative. I'm like, well done, Night Vale. That's neat. Because <laughs> you really start to empathize with this character. Like, you really do. And everything Absolutely. that she's going through and all this. And, and it's not true. No, none of it. You know, on a, a weird note, but not weird as in like spooky kind of weird, but weird as in like weird. He mentioned at one point her favorite food is smorgasarda, which is like a cake made of sandwiches, including fish paste. 
Son of a gun. It's a real thing. <laughs> Ew. I know. Let's see what uh, thesweetspot.com lists it. I'll go there instead of Wikipedia because, you know, Wikipedia is only like 100% right 80% of the time. Right. And it's called a Swedish sandwich cake. Smorgastarda usually consists of layers of rye or wholemeal bread stacked with fillings like fish, shrimp, chicken, cucumber, cheese, and any sandwich filling, and it is then frosted with a layer of cream cheese and sour cream and an elaborately garnished top. So it kind of looks like a cake, except it's a cake made of sandwiches which have fish in them. So Mm, yeah, I I don't know know about that one myself. (laughs) No, no, I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, and in between all of this, there were some other bits, like I think they did a a confessions segment where Susan Escobar had written in about an experience she had when she was in the school late at night grading papers and she hears a strange sound of the cafeteria and she goes in and there's a elaborate mandala on the floor made out of fish sticks and it it disappeared at one point but now she's dreaming about flying through the air and she sees this fish stick mandala in the sky and every night she gets a little bit closer and she knows that when she reaches the fish stick mandala she'll die and Cecil says thanks for writing it that sounds like fun (laughs) god is it just a shortcut to weird to add fish into something I mean anytime you just want to make something weird yeah you just say and fish it's like it's like a shortcut when we were playing the disgusting food game like you're coming up with disgusting food combinations it's not fair to throw mayonnaise in there because mayonnaise is a shortcut for disgusting right, so fish yep. is a shortcut for weird for strange and yeah. <laughs> oh uh, the weather what was the weather this time because I liked that it was try 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 by Rachel Sage and I thought it started out just kind of like rock chords you know like basic chords I mean it sounded neat it sounded very interesting but then the violin kicked in. Yeah, it was fiddling. And it was that kind of fiddling where it's not in a minor key, but it almost sounds like it is. So that kind of almost haunting melody. But some of the lyrics were wonderful. I mean, my favorite one is... It was reference to a keys to every room in my haunted house of magic in the dark. Oh, I like, I like that. that. Yeah. The music, the music as a whole was really good in this episode. There were a lot of really good disparition songs in the background. And there's one that is definitely, you know how disparition songs work on this episode. They, they come up fairly frequently. But this one, it's, I don't know, these sort of high-pitched ethereal notes and I'll, I'm going to look because, you know, you can go on to Dispersion's site and find all these songs. And I want to find that one. It's just such an airy type of otherworldly sort of feeling. I, as soon as it starts in any episode, I'm like, oh, this one. I like this one. I think I need to invest in an album of Dispersion songs. Just go ahead and bite the bullet and buy one because I just remember one of the ones that they had in an Alice Isn't Dead episode. I think it was like episode 10 of the first season that you and I both liked because it had what sounded like Hammer dulcimer in it we're just like yes give us all the hammer dulcimer yeah um i think the only other thing that i felt like commenting on this one was the proverb at the end that was a be yourself as if you had any choice in the matter (laughs) that's a t-shirt moment somebody needs to put that on a t-shirt oh yeah 
But that's it for Night Vale for this week. Uh, in case you're wondering, if you go to YouTube to listen to this episode and you see that it's 55 minutes long, go, yipe! Because seriously, Captain, I saw that. We're like, uh, I don't think we're going to listen to this all tonight. No, the second half of the YouTube post that they put up is actually the first episode of Dylan Marin's Conversations with People Who Hate Me, which Catherine has already listened to, and she's reviewed it on the site. You can find that on pixelatedgeek.com. Yeah, and I'm, I need to list the third one just aired this week. It was going to air last week, but then Charlottesville. And obviously right. there was more things that needed to be talked about or a little sensitivity about the fact that everything, everybody is at each other's throats lately. So he decided to put off airing the third episode until this week. Which I think was a good plan. I really. think so, yeah. Yeah. But no, what we also wanted to talk about tonight is we both have seen the first episode of Netflix's Marvel's Defenders. Yes. And I think it's really promising. You know, yes, very, I do too. Very promising. I'll tell you what, though. Every time Iron Fist shows up, I'm just annoyed by the guy. I don't think they want me to be that annoyed, but I see him. I'm like, ugh, you again. Well, we've actually <sighs> watched, Nathan and I have watched a little bit more than the first episode. And, you know, you saw on the trailer that Danny Rand and Luke Cage go at it at one point, And Danny yes. Rand is completely not able to make a dent just punching him like, you know, he thinks he should be able to. Well, we saw the actual fight and... He's not able to do anything to Luke Cage, and Luke Cage is picking him up and throwing him across the alleyway. And we're, Good. Watching, we're watching this, and Nathan laughed because I said, I can't tell you how richly satisfying this is. <laughs> God, after getting all the way through Iron Fist, is like, Luke Cage does need to beat his ass. He really, really does. Oh, my God. <sighs> like, he's sitting there, like, looking in the mirror on the plane, like, washing his face or whatever, and he's looking at the scar in his chest, and he's got this, like, scrunchy face. Like, I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't aware somebody could be whiny without actually saying a sound. I'm like, ah, oh, shut up, Danny. God. That, that I, was another uh, thing that I told Nathan. It's like, everybody, all four of the Defenders have a tragic backstory. I mean, it just, yes. it comes with the territory of being a superhero, and these guys, you know, I think get it worse than most. But it seems like Danny Rand is the only one that just gets so angsty about it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> just you know, yeah. I, you lose you lose any sympathy for it. But there was something that I had wanted to mention. Uh, Vince, uh, our friend, he's uh, I think it's like there's been a couple of his mo movie reviews that we were able to post on the site. Yes. So and we talk with him all the time about Transformers and Marvel Absolutely. and things like that. He posted an interesting comment, and I'm going to repeat it verbatim here because he's getting a little further through the uh, Defender series than we have, but I don't think this spoils anything. As much as I disliked Iron Fist, I have to say that Danny Rand's character in the context of this Defenders show, he kind of fits in. I mean, he has his place. He's this myopic, privileged white kid who's not very bright, doesn't know what's going on, has too much power, and no idea what to do with it. He doesn't belong here with these street-level heroes, even though he desperately wants to, but he just happens to have something that everybody wants. In another story, he'd be the princess that the heroes are trying to protect, but here he's just an annoying kid, and every time he says, I'm the immortal Iron Fist, everybody rolls their eyes. Oh, that, wow. I've only seen the first episode and like five minutes of the second episode, but boy, that sounds spot on to me. Yeah, I was just reading through the comments that Vince's friends were making on that, and another thing that Vincent commented on was... Um, 
Iron fists are living weapons. They don't need to be smart. You point them at something and then the something goes away. That's why they exist. Danny is a failed iron fist. He abandoned his post and he wants to redeem himself, but he really has no idea what he's doing. He's just out of place everywhere. And suddenly I'm kind of feeling some sympathy for the kid. I'm like, well, if you look at it like that, you can feel some sympathy. Character's still annoying. And I honestly wonder my thing the thing that makes me really annoyed with him is that i'm not a hundred percent sure that i'm supposed to be that annoyed with him i don't know that marvel intended for me to really dislike him that much yeah. like i can understand like jessica jones you know drinking at all hours of the day is just rude and annoying and everything and i still like her but danny rand i'm like no i, I really i don't think marvel wanted me to think he's that much of a putz as he is but i don't know I do. i'll have to see because I think they've gotten better writers on the Defenders now than they had yeah. on Iron Fist. So yeah, I'll have yeah. to see if he's consistently as annoying because I'd hate for it to be bad writing that makes him that yeah. annoying. But I mean, you know, it's just like you were saying about Jessica Jones. I mean, in just so many scenes, there's just one little thing that has me laughing out loud at what just a completely unrepented bitch she can be. Like, you know, she's mm-hmm. avoiding everybody and the phone rings and her answering message is wrong number (laughs) it's just awesome she brings coffee for her friend and they're walking along they're having this very serious conversation and it's like 7 30 in the morning and the friend's talking to her or whatever and then her friend takes a sip it's like is there whiskey in this and jessica's like oh yeah sorry that's mine (laughs) (laughs) it's really i really really i i am hoping for the best but my favorite i I mean, seeing Luke Cage and the Night Nurse uh, together, that's fun. Um, seeing Daredevil, that's fun. Definitely enjoying all of that. Everything is, well, Daredevil does this cool, like, jumping down the side of a building to beat the crap out of somebody. That was neat. Mm-hmm. And Danny, we've, we already know that I'm not that much into Danny. But, man, I just, I wait for the Jessica Jones scenes. I really do. I didn't realize that was going to be, but every time she, I was like, oh, i gotta got to watch carefully because this is Jessica Jones. Yeah, so and there's, really- an- there's another thing that I have to share from uh, Vince... It was a picture that he found on social media. It is Kristen Ritter teaching Charlie Cox how to knit on the Defenders set. It's a picture of the oh. two of them together. And that's just oh. so much awesome in one picture. Oh, my God. Because Jada was telling me she knits like she knits well. <laughs> she really knows what really? Else. she's got. She's got an Instagram account. She really knows what she's doing. So, oh, my God. Well, we'll we will put a link to that picture because that's just really cool. That's so cool. So and uh, of course, we have to say Sigourney Weaver does an amazing job the second she shows up on the screen she just takes over the whole shot she does she doesn't say a single word but you are just so focused on her it's not just because she's a friggin legend but she just was really this commanding presence that you just can't get away from well yes that and i mean madam gal who have we we've seen in daredevil we've seen in iron fist she is the person that everybody cows down to because they're absolutely terrified sigourney weaver's character is calling the shots and madam gal isn't arguing it's like no totally cowed and i just i don't understand (laughs) and i I love it it's so wonderful to see that but from the very get-go, there's no jockeying for position. Sigourney Weaver's character, who by the first episode does not have a name yet, I don't think. I don't think so. But uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, she's in charge. Because that's what I was expecting. You know, I was expecting Madame Gao to like give those little glaring gestures at her back or whatever. No, Sigourney Weaver's character is feeding the pigeons and goes off to leave, and she hands her the bag of pigeon feed and says, 
finish feeding the pigeons. They seem starving today. And Madame Gao just does it. You know, she doesn't argue or anything, doesn't think it's out of place or whatever. She's like, uh-huh. So, you know, <laughs> uh, this is good. I, I'm hoping for the best. I really am. Well, it's only eight episodes. And, you know, I was thinking yeah. to start out with after... After going through 13 episodes of Iron Fist, I was like, oh, good, this will be much easier to uh, get through. And now I'm like, really? I only have seven of them left? Aw. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I would rather that, because they've done that with a lot of their series, that it goes on at least one to two episodes too long. Maybe Netflix is listening. I know, that'd be swell. Could be. Mm. Well, that's going to wrap us up for the week, so make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all of the photo galleries, all the reviews, Catherine's book reviews, we've got comic book reviews, and Stephanie and Jordan just went to a thing here in San Diego called Wonder Spaces, which I believe, I think that's a touring show, but it's kind of these odd visual displays going on in this one space and Stephanie got press passes like she didn't get them through me she just called them herself and requested the press passes and I'm like go Stephanie nice (laughs) and she said in case you were wondering she said it was really cool but she was glad she didn't have to pay for it. So that's oh, kind of, okay. that'll tell you. It was only like 25 bucks to get in, but it might not have been $25 worth of cool. So she will have photos and I believe some videos upcoming soon. So I guess by next week, we probably won't have a Night Vale episode up yet. So I'm sure there will be something going on in the nerd world that we can talk to. So we will see everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Talk to y'all later.